Last week, we began a new sermon series called Roots, and it's a metaphor and an acronym about the Christian life, and uh, it's relationship, obedience, opportunities, truth, and salvation. And last week, Chris Voorhees did the first one, which was on relationship, and today I'll speak a little bit about obedience. Um, I don't know how you are, but I hope that one or two of you, or at least that many, or like I am, I hate reading instructions. And worse, I'm, I'm terrible at following instructions. So when I buy something, if it has a long list of instructions, I just groan and I try to put it together the best I can without reading that long list. But if I can't, I give in and try to understand and do it the best I can. But I'm not really good at it, and I hate following instructions. One car I owned a long time ago had a lot of problems. Something was always going wrong with this car, and I was always taking it back to the dealer or taking it to the mechanic. One day, I started the car after a few weeks of it running okay and I looked down and there was that light flashing again check engine and I thought oh here we go again with this car and I had no idea what was wrong so I did the smart thing I got out of the car raised the hood looked at it the motor was still there I took off my shoe and took the heel and beat on a few parts just and then I looked around and I thought well let me stare at it a little bit, and uh, I didn't see any big on-off switch underneath the hood, so I just shut the hood and got back in the car and hoped everything was okay. Well, it wasn't. That check engine light was still blinking, and I needed to do something, but I didn't want to do it. And so I thought, let me just ignore it a few days, and, and then I'll take care of it. Well... I ignored it more than a few days, and people would ride with me in the car, and they'd say, did you see your check engine lights on? You should do something about that. I know, I know, I'm going to do something about it. Thank you very much. But I got tired of that, looking at it and hearing that. So then I put a little piece of tape over where I couldn't see it anymore. Ah, I don't see it anymore. And so I started to ignore it, and nothing really happened. So no more blinking lights, and it went on one month and another month. And I forgot about it, actually. I was so glad that it was fixed. One day I was driving home from the grocery store, and the car's in drive, and I'm giving it gas. Nothing happened. You know what it was? Something called a transmission, a little problem, right? I learned something. See, the manufacturers of that car designed it in such a way that when something was going wrong, uh, there was a signal giving to the driver and uh, the check engine light would come on. It was a call not to just see it or complain about it or groan, but it was a call to listen and to act. Something was wrong. I wasn't operating it in good repair. And so simply because my pride. I don't like to be told what to do, even when the one who knows more than I do uh, was telling me to take the car to 
back to be serviced and to check out. I ignored it. And I've been called uh, stubborn, determined, people are nice, sometimes hard-headed, prideful. And I blame Adam and Eve. I think I got it right from them because we can always blame them for everything, right? They started it because they were given clear instructions by their creator, by their authority, by God who created them. And God said to them, here's this wonderful garden, organic fruit, and you can just have everything you want, all the animals, everything is wonderful, you don't have to work too hard, nothing is wrong here. All I ask is one thing, don't eat from this tree. That's the only instruction I give you. And of course, human nature was there already. They didn't like to be told what to do, and they had a little help from the enemy, as do we when we disobey. And you know what happened. They ate of the tree, and it messed them up, and it messed us up. And it's all spelled out in the book of Genesis, and the consequences of their disobedience. They ignored the flashing light God had given them. They didn't want to listen or obey anyone. And that says something about human nature for us all. And there are two different words that are translated in, in the Bible that are translated into the English word obedience. And Adam and Eve violated them both. One is to hear and understand. They did. And the other is to act or to be willing to listen to authority. And to hear and obey. And in another place, Jesus used these different words again to make the same point that it's not just hearing something and understanding it, but it's doing it is that's what's important in the kingdom of God. And then I will read to you uh, this passage in Luke 6. And Jesus was talking uh, to huge crowds, as he usually was, and they were asking him questions, and they were giving him a hard time, and they were saying, oh, we believe, and then doing other things, or saying they didn't believe. But Jesus said to them, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. Whoever comes to me, he said, and hears and does, hears and does. And Jesus continues by saying, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So the first man heard and acted. The her second man heard and did nothing. And that's what obedience is in so many places where Jesus combines the two, not just hearing and understanding, being satisfied, but hearing and doing, hearing and obeying. And um, it's not just listening. 
and it's the authority, recognizing the authority. And he was the authority of the foundation to build that house. And uh, we have another example of not being authority in the prodigal son. If we read the story, we can see that the, the uh, father of the prodigal son was not just a poor little dirt farmer. This guy owned a lot of things. And this prodigal son had a brother. And they were well off and, and had a good life, especially in those days. And uh, when his father was going to die, he would inherit it. It would be his, and he could run the place. But he didn't want to wait. He wanted to call the shots. He didn't like to listen. He didn't like being under anybody's authority, not even under a kind father's authority. He didn't like restrictions or limitations. He had a craving for indulgence and the enticement of life outside the boundaries of the father's will. And it cost him dearly. And I think it can cost each of us dearly when we choose that way. Um, because I think people do not like to think about uh, sometimes coming to a church or even giving their lives to Jesus because they see it as a set of rules, of restrictions. And like the prodigal son viewed his life, he had lots of things, but he's, he didn't like being restricted. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. And a lot of people see the church or Jesus as a set of rules, thy shall not, thy shall, and this is really confusing obedience and legalism because legalism has to do with having a false sense of security. Here's what you do to be right with God. I'll check it off, check it off, check it off. And uh, I observed it. I did it. And often when people live by those rules, they become judgmental of those that are not living by the rules. And we know that's not the Jesus way. Obedience is not a set of rules. It's a hard attitude toward God, a relationship, a trusting that God knows what is best for us and how we should live. And it's a heart filled with gratitude. Uh, Dag Hammarskjöld said, legalism is external, obedience is internal. And he said, legalism is a secondhand faith. And a hard attitude is what Ignatius of Loyola, Loyola said of himself. Um, he came to the Lord and uh, he sought the scriptures and sought a better way of life and found the Lord and found the truth and developed uh, wonderful habits uh, of obeying God and living the way that God intended and wanted him to live. And at one point he wrote that even if all the scriptures were destroyed, he would still hold on to what they revealed to him because he knew he could trust God in everything and that God knew best. Uh, and we, when we give our lives to the Lord, we want to serve him. We want to love him and grow and serve him. But we still struggle with our own nature uh, because we have a desire to call the shots and have the control, and it takes a lot of time and discipline to develop Christian character. And character is developed by a solid collection of habits, uh, built by a solid collection of actions, and built on thoughts. So we think, we act, and when we do it enough, it becomes a, a habit. 
and we form good habits and bad habits that way. But Christian character is also formed that way to really think and seek the right things and to act and then to develop the habits of obedience, which builds the character that makes us fit for the kingdom of God. And it starts us on the right track. But it sounds wonderful, and it is at times, but it's also a terrible struggle. We know that because Paul writes about this in Romans, about the battle between the flesh and the spirit. He writes about it very personally and very honestly. And he says, I find myself doing what I hate, what I don't want to do, and I find myself not doing what I want to do. He's saying, I don't even understand all this myself. And that's our battle, too. And I think in Free to Soar, Wayne B. Lynn uses the story of a kite to describe the life of living in Christ and the battle of the urges that Paul describes. Uh, he describes it uh, in this way. He was out one day, and it was a kite. Everybody was out with kites, and they were flying the kites, and there was a strong wind, and they were all sorts of kites, shapes and sizes, colors, beautiful kites just filling the skies. And the wind was blowing, and the kites uh, kept pulling against that wind, and, but the wind was taking them higher and higher, but there was a string attached to the ground, and that kept them steady and in check. And so instead of blowing as high as the wind would take them, it kept them in tow. And uh, even though they were facing up against the wind, and it was as if the kite struggled and trembled and said, I want to be free, even when they were soaring beautifully as they fought against the imposed restrictions of the string. Finally, one of the kites succeeded in breaking free. Free at last, it seemed to say, and it's it was flying high with the wind, yet the freedom from re the restraint of that string put it at the mercy of a very unsympathetic wind, and it fluttered ungracefully to the ground, and it landed in a tangled mass of weeds and strings against a dead bush, free at last, free to be powerless in the dirt and to, to be blown helplessly along the ground and to lodge lifelessly against the first obstruction it came to. It's a good analogy, and how much like kites are we? Uh, many of us tug at the guidelines so hard and get discouraged and never fail to reach the heights we might have obtained if we had really struggled and kept and developed the character and get off the ground with the Lord to the heights that he would have us go. But it takes restraint and it takes being able to battle because the flesh and the spirit battle. And, but remember that obedience listens, means not only to listen and to hear it, but to obey. It means to intellectually know something, but then do it. Not just be content with knowing what Jesus wants us to do, but actually living it out, developing it. And I think we all know this, 
but we're called to be reminded, I think, because it's so easy that we don't do it, to really, when we struggle, go to the Bible and whatever thing we're struggling with, look up everything we can find about it and read it and ask God to reveal to us and give us the strength and pray to understand it and pray for God to work it in our hearts. And it's good to have a journal to write down what you're struggling with and keep a daily accountability there that you are studying and, and praying and uh, focusing on scripture and write down the thoughts and the impressions and the questions you have as you study this scripture. Because our call is to make Jesus Lord of our life and it is a challenge. And our natural man, as I have given the illustrations and I've owned, is really, it's really a challenge because we don't really ever really like it. It's such a battle. It's a difficult journey. But in order to grow and to be able to really become close to the Lord and to understand his words and to find the life and the freedom that's felt, that's found in obedience, is uh, engaging a lot in prayer and fasting and also knowing that our pride is behind all of our rebellion and all of the complaints nearly that we have about everything and um, that we don't like. And often when I react to something, uh, I've heard the Lord say, be little. If I don't like the way something's done and I just want to walk away or I don't like the way I'm being treated or I don't particularly like something's happening I know that I need to go to the Lord and be little and ask him to work out what is right in my heart and not only work it out but do it and I think that is the application of the word of God that gives us freedom to our lives and Philippians we're told to work out our salvation with fear and trembling and this is the good news in Philippians. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And as we read scripture and we ponder and we struggle against our, nature, our human nature to say, God, work your will, work in my heart for what you want me to do and what's pleasurable to you. And God will reveal himself. He wants to as we study his word. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And so growth in the kingdom of God and getting close to Christ and having a fulfill and effective and a life that is worthy of Christ is full of prayer and Bible study and humbling ourselves and seeking the Lord. And another, I think, way, and the most painful way, but we all have gone through it and we will go through it if we live long enough more, is having trials and troubles. And we develop Christian character, though, even though we feel like we're weak and have no answers. And it's the best thing that ever to deal with our pride when we go through things we have no control over, we can't change, and we just have to seek the Lord and put ourselves under his authority, which is obedience, and under his goodness, and under his love. 
and just seek to know him. And we don't always get the answer to the pain or the problems that we want, but we always find peace and his presence in seeking him. And so, therefore, we shouldn't be surprised, and even as we read the scripture, that we live in a world with many tests and trials, but they do help build character if we humble ourselves and seek the Lord and walk his way. Much of the Christian walk is holding on to Jesus in the darkness because it's impossible to understand all the twists and turns of our lives, but it's a wonderful thing and a sure thing to know that he uses all of it and to develop our character, to become like him and even be a witness to others. They watch in our trials and our troubles and when we struggle and with, they also watch the change and the goodness of God that comes in all of these places when we seek him. So obedience isn't an oppressive thing um, as many things. Obedience is the gift of God. And uh, in Hebrews, it says Christ learned obedience through what he suffered, which is a very strange and mysterious scripture. Uh, but we know it's true because it's not oppressive. It is a gift to bring out the very best of Christ in us, to make us the very best we can be. But it's a choice we can make. And we make that choice not because of ourselves and who we are. We make the choice because of the love of God that we were redeemed, not with perishable things, but we were redeemed and given a second chance and a good life through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that creates a motivation for obedience that no one but Christ followers can know. That God loved us so much that he was willing to give his son to bring us home and to give us the life in the kingdom of God. And this is not oppressive. This is liberating. And Jesus himself said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He gives us the choice. We don't have to obey, but we want to because we have been bought and paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And he's with us through it all. Let's pray. God, you know us. You know us well. And we thank you that you didn't leave us in a state of complete rebellion and disobedience and without any instruction or any way and left to our own destructive ways. But you sent Jesus and he lived among us and he spoke words that are life-giving that we have access to. And he died and he rose and he's reigning in heaven and his spirit is living within us to help us understand, to show us light and truth and life, and to give us the strength to live in your will. And Lord, we thank you that you know that we do fail. But we can get up again. We never quit. We get up again and start over because you give us 
new beginnings every day, and your forgiveness wipes us clean. And so, Lord, as we walk with you, we thank you, we thank you, and we thank you that your word is life-giving and that your spirit enables us to live and we have each other in a community to encourage each other. We're not alone in all of these things. And we have you above it all who is there and you're on our side. And you're with us. And we thank you for all you have given us and all you are giving us and all you will give us because it never ends. Life in the kingdom with you. And it's in your name we pray, amen.